0: Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles
1: we want to welcome you back to the program again today, and for the last several weeks I have had on the program as my guest, my oldest son, Jeremy, uh, who pastors a church called Word That Frees in Winchester, Virginia, the Northern Virginia area, and uh, they meet at the Woodsman of the World Building on Monday nights. Uh, there will be information on the screen where they can be contacted and their location, and uh, they meet on Monday nights. You'll be blessed to go by and hear Jeremy uh, teach, preach. I'm sure you're enjoying him on the program. He's going to be on with me uh, for several weeks and uh, it's good to have you on again with me son. It's a blessing to to, uh, sit and talk with you. I know we do well together because we understand a lot of the same things. Uh, It's good to have you as well listening in. Thank you for joining us. Let me say quickly that if you have missed any of the programs, you can go to uh, YouTube and watch them on demand anytime on your TV or on your smart device. So There's a lot of different ways to do it, but YouTube is the easiest way. Everything we've aired to date is archived there. we filmed already three uh, programs on this subject that we're talking about, and you can go back and uh, once again uh, view them, uh, and and then you can kind of be caught up if this is your first time watching us. Uh, also, there's an app for your smartphone that you can get, and uh, it, you can actually watch it live on several of the networks we're on, but again, YouTube is the easiest way to do that. And there's a direct link from my website, both to that and then our podcast as well. You can get the audio feed from iTunes. You can also get an RSS feed for your Android device as well uh, from the link at our website. So you can listen in, tune in a lot of different ways. Uh, We've been talking about Matthew, the third chapter. WE'VE BEEN TALKING ABOUT JOHN THE BAPTIST, JESUS IN THE RIVER JORDAN, AND WHAT ALL WAS HAPPENING IN THE RIVER JORDAN. I THINK BY NOW WE'VE ESTABLISHED VERY CLEARLY uh, THAT NOT ONLY WAS THERE SOMETHING HISTORIC HAPPENING HERE, BUT IT WAS SCREAMING A WHOLE LOT OF STUFF, A LOT OF STUFF WAS HAPPENING IN THE RIVER Mm -hmm. THAT WAS TELLING THESE PEOPLE STANDING THERE IN THE FIRST CENTURY, THE KINGDOM IS TRULY WITHIN YOUR REACH. Uh, THERE'S SO MUCH BEING FULFILLED HERE FROM you know, like we've said in, in prior programs, John is a priest after the order of Levi. He's relinquishing his priesthood to Jesus, a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And if there's a change of uh, priesthood, there must of necessity, according to the book of Hebrews, be a change of law. That's an indicator that there was a change. We see John the Baptist again as a picture of Joshua and a priesthood carrying an ark in the river Jordan. Jesus, again, John the Baptist is a priest, and God told Joshua, when you see a priest carry an ark in the river, you're going to know it's time to cross over. John the Baptist was the priest. Jesus was the ark. I believe John the Baptist looked right up over the river and pointed at the same pile of rocks that God told Joshua to pile up there for a memorial. And he told them, one day your children are going to ask you, what does this pile of rocks mean? And you're going to tell them, when you see a priest carrying an ark, you're going to know it's time to cross over. That should have been an indicator again to this first century people that we're crossing over out of an old covenant into the new covenant, or out of the old covenant of bondage of slavery into the new covenant of rest in the new new covenant. Then we saw how it was a picture of Elijah and Elisha. Malachi said, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. He'll turn the heart of the fathers to the children. And we talked about that last week. You especially did where you were talking about he turned the heart of the father to the son, the heart of the son to the father. And that was where God would bring redemption instead of smiting the earth with a curse. But also we saw that it was probably at the same location again that Elijah and Elisha crossed over. Because in Matthew 11, they asked Jesus, the prophets say that Elijah must first come. Malachi 4 said, I will send you Elijah the prophet. Uh, but Jesus turns around and he said, if you can hear it, John the Baptist is Elijah. Mm-hmm. So if John the Baptist was Elijah, then Jesus is a picture of Elisha, yeah. God's salvation. And at that same point, probably the same location again in the river, they're crossing over to show you that everything about Elijah was Old Covenant. He would root up pluck up, tear down, Being Elisha would put salt in the water, he would heal the water. He would uh, uh, make resurrection come even after his his last miracle you shared would be that dead bones would touch the body of Elijah. Jesus' final miracle was to give resurrection life to all the world. Yep. One spoke of you know, a paradigm of judgment, the other spoke of a paradigm of restoration, salvation, Elijah Old Covenant, Elisha New Covenant, they're probably at the same location because one of the first miracles that Elisha does is he makes an axe head float and John the Baptist looks up over the River Jordan said God is uh, about to lay the axe to the root of the tree. Jesus was the axe head that floated. He was about to lay the axe to the root of that old covenant tree and something brand new was taking place. Now what I want to do from that is springboard because I, and, and listen, I know that was just a whole bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. dump truck loaded revelation in a five minute interval. But go back and watch the archive stuff when we were unpacking that because it'll get into greater detail. Because what I want to do is move on today to the fourth chapter Of Matthew, and uh, we're going to talk about when Jesus comes straightway up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And immediately, see, and you know, I have a, a classic message archive titled The Approval of a Father will always empower a son. We get a lot of requests for that message because the approval of the Father was about to empower the son. But I want you to see what happens here in this wilderness because it leads up to Jesus coming out in the power of the Spirit. And I believe everything about this was declaring the kingdom, first of all, was coming to a first century audience. But it has ongoing results. The kingdom is still available to you and I right now. Mm -hmm. But not only is it available to us, but I believe as we come into our real identity, here's what's going to happen. There's going to come a demonstration of the power of the Spirit that's going to flow because when Jesus comes up out of the wilderness having passed the test, then he comes out in the power of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. But it says this, one, Then was Jesus, immediately after he comes up out of the waters of baptism, Father just said, You're my son in whom I am well pleased. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days, 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. When the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil takes him up into the holy city, and sets him on a pinnacle of the temple. And he saith unto him, If you be the Son of God, cast yourself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest thou at any time dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil takes him up into an exceeding high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And he saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaves him, and behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. Now we probably won't get down to the part where he comes out of the power of the Spirit. But everything about this is screaming identity, first of all. Mm And I'll set this up because there's a lot of stuff either one of us could preach out of this. But it is not an accident to me that Jesus is in a wilderness. I said, why a wilderness, Lord? He said, because it's an unkept garden. Because the first Adam was in a garden, and he turns it into a wilderness. And Jesus shows up where Adam left off, a wilderness. And he's about to begin the restoration process of restoring it to a garden. But the first Adam is tempted. If you get enough information about good and evil, you can make yourself like God. I believe that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is a powerful picture of the law because the law is the knowledge of sin. we try to get our identity from performance, yeah. we're always going to fall short. Adam was the first victim of identity theft. But Jesus is not about to fall victim to the loss of his identity, even though the devil says to him, watch this, if you be the son of God, command these stones to be turned into bread. Now, stones to me speak of the law. He said, get your identity from the cold, hard rocks of performance-based religion based on the law. And Jesus turns around to the devil and says, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And the word that just proceeded out of the mouth of God is, you're my son. In whom I'm well pleased, and the devil says, "If you be the son, command these stones to be turned into bread." And Jesus says, "I think probably, evidently, you didn't hear what my daddy just said about me, because he said I'm his son, and you can't shake my identity. And everything flows from the restoration of this identity. And I know this is kind of your cup of tea, so jump in there a little bit. You know, when you we you know, uh, for a couple episodes too, we've been talking about
0: even. Uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Which, to me, that's something that's really on my heart anymore these days because I believe that Sometimes the Holy Spirit has been, the teaching of the Holy Spirit has been so dumbed down or so misrepresented mm-hmm. that we don't really understand uh, the full purpose and work of it in our lives. Uh, because, in the, you know, when you're talking about even here where, where the devil would say to Jesus, if you be the Son of Man, turn these stones into bread. You know, one of the things that we have been uh, kind of taught in our legalistic uh, old time religion stuff, Is that it's that there's a formula, or uh, yeah, there's a formula or performance to Christianity. You know, we almost like we have a checklist. If you we've done, you know, you pay your tithes, you pray, you read your Bible, you go to church every Sunday and Wednesday. You, you don't cuss, don't drink, don't smoke. You know, we have a checklist. And if you're following this, then you should be fulfilled as a Christian and you're, you know, you've definitely got your ticket to heaven. And that's, it's almost that, and that's exactly what, you know, we have done. We've almost turned the stones into a bread. You know, that when Jesus would say, give us this day our daily bread, what we have taken, that. That as is that as long as we're making our daily checklist, mm-hmm. we should be fulfilled. But what happens is, is that many of us were on it. Were honest, we'd say, we're tired, we're burned out on religion. And Jesus would say, come all ye who are weary, and I will give you rest. Mm-hmm. Because the, you, know, you, 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 wrote, you wrote that book, The Unforced Rhythms of Grace. There is, in the Holy Spirit, that's different from legalism and law, is that the Holy Spirit has a flow to it. It's not a, it, 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 it's not a uh, it doesn't happen the same way all the time. There's a, it's a flow. We're following the voice of the Holy Spirit. Same way as whenever they, the children of Israel were in the wilderness. And when the cloud would rest and stop they would stop and make camp around the tabernacle when the cloud would move they would pack up and they would they would follow to wherever it was leading them that's the same that's the way it was meant to be and that's the way it's meant to be in the Holy Spirit is that we man doesn't live by a checklist or, or by bread alone yep. but by every word that proceeds a the mouth of God. a living relationship it's not a it's not a okay how do I measure you know what we've done Is we've measured our life according to some preacher or some message, some rules on rocks, and And it's not necessarily those things are bad things, yeah, because you know there are times when that was the speaking of the Lord and we followed after it. The problem is that if that we're still living, we're still trying to make a, a message that's 50 years old. Are our daily bread, rather than hearing the preceding word of yeah, God, yeah. then it's not, it doesn't become sustenance to us, it becomes, you know, you eat rocks, you're not going to live very long. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, <laughs> if it's not real bread, if you're eating rocks, no. even in the natural, yeah. it's going to kill you.
1: Yeah, no uh, nutrition.
0: You know, uh, so you, you have to begin to live by something that is fresh, that's that's new every day. And that's the way the bread, that's when, when Jesus would say, give us this day, our daily bread, it's fresh every day. It's something that is new. It's it's yeah. we live by the preceding word of the Lord. Now, how do we how do we know the preceding word of the Lord? Uh, and that's where that's where trusting this Holy Spirit comes into play. Mm-hmm. Now, I've grown up in church. One of the things I you know I had uh, I was teaching a Bible study at our youth camp this year, and and uh, one of the things I was just kind of trying to teach some of the, the the young people that came is what the voice of the Lord sounds like. Uh, because we have, you know, you hear a preacher get up and say, you know, and I say this all the time, I know you do too, you know, I heard the Lord say this, you know, and some people that don't, that, that haven't been taught, uh, you know, good, good uh, teaching or, or, or sound doctrine, you know, they think, well, I haven't heard an audible voice of the Lord. So I must not hear from the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, and I tell you know I was telling the young people I said you know the voice of the Lord really sounds a lot like me, mm-hmm. except it's not always the way I would speak to myself. Yeah, uh, I said you know the first couple times I heard the Lord speak, even especially for like prophecy, my wife just said uh, the the other day she went up for prayer and the same thing happened to her. It's like the first time I went prophecy, I felt like I was going to have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. You know I could hear the the voice of the Lord, but I thought mm-hmm. that's just me, but then my heart started beating and I'm I'm getting, you know, clammy and sweaty and I was like, Man, if I don't say this to this lady over here, I'm gonna die <laughs> My wife said she felt that the other night when she she just felt like when somebody asked for her to go up for prayer, or was asked for people to come up for prayer, she said, "Man, I had that same feeling." He said, "You know, she goes, that's a little extreme, don't you think? God, does God really have to give you a heart attack? You know?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, would you have listened any other way?" And she said, "Well, probably not." Yeah. So I said, Duh. "But, but I said, but now at least you're, you're, you know." That was the prompting. Next time that the Lord speaks, you won't ha- it won't have to be as extreme yeah, because yeah. you know that's really the Lord pulling on mm-hmm. me. That's, that really was the voice of the Lord. And I said that sometimes the reason we don't trust it is because it sounds sometimes like us. It doesn't come from out here. It comes from in here. I always tell people uh, one of the things you know, you, you know when truth is spoken because something inside of you says, that's right. I, I know that. I've always known that. I don't know how I've always known that because I've never heard it before, but something inside of me knows that to be truth. And I said, the reason that is is because your Holy Spirit comes from God. It knows God in an intimate level. It knows everything about him. And so when something is spoken that's true of him or when it's his voice speaking, leading you in a direction, it recognizes that and says, yeah, that's something we need to trust. That's That's a direction we need to move in. But it looks different than what religion ha- has yep. taught us, it looks different. Everything that uh, when when the when the disciples in the book of Acts received the Holy Spirit, everything they did was different than. What it was under the old covenant. Under the old covenant, you know, under, before they received the Holy Spirit, they were just fishermen. They were the rejects of, you know, they weren't good enough to be uh, taken by a rabbi and be taught. They, so they went back to their family business of, of being fishermen or tax collectors or whatever it was they did before they met Jesus. But the Holy Spirit does something different in you that even sometimes where you might have been rejected by a religious system, Jesus still takes and does great things. This is the powerful thing, man. The reason I'm saying all that I am saying is this take your time is that uh, you know sometimes we think because we're not if you're not a preacher or you're not a pastor or you're not in some kind of ministry then god doesn't speak to you he can't use you he can't you know he's not going to do because he's going to choose somebody better than yeah
1: that glows in the dark we think yeah
0: but that's really not what the holy no. spirit did in the beginning no a matter of fact, what Jesus did was not choose people that were uh, learned men yep. uh, uh, of the Torah or of the you know their 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 book you know yep. of yep. the law. He chose men that were just ordinary people, like fishermen, a tax you know tax collectors. One of the you know they, <laughs> they, they, those guys were they, those were the worst of the worst. That yep. was worse than a hooker right now. <laughs> you know, uh, so so you know. G, but these are the type of people that Jesus chose because what he was trying to do is show you that the Holy Spirit will take ordinary people and do incredible things with them. Yeah. And if we come to a place where we can, where we're not eating you know, uh, uh, rocks that we're trying to turn into some kind of bread, but we really become this thing where we trust the Holy Spirit says, the preceding word of the Lord is that I'm his son in whom he's well pleased. Yeah. And so I'm not having to give in to a temptation to try to be something I already am something. My identity is in Christ. That's forever secured. And that because my identity is in Christ and I have received the same Spirit, and Scripture says if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will also quicken your mortal body. There's something inside of us that when we receive the Holy Spirit and receive the nature of Christ, we receive the identity uh, uh, of His nature in us. Then there's a power inside of us that we don't have to wait You know, one of the things I I heard the Lord speak to me, and and, and this isn't uh, uh, a derogatory thing towards, you know, um, when we call people up for prayer, because I I, want to see. Wherever a miracle happens, I'm glad. Right. But, you know, I, I, I was sitting there and the Lord spoke and said to me, he says, this really is like the troubling of the waters. When he came to the man that was laying at, at you know, at, at the at the uh, pool, at the pool of Bethesda, uh, he said, "But what I'm really wanting to do is move this from, from inside the church building to something that, when shadows begin to fall on people, they're healed, without any hype, without any troubling of the water, without the special, you know, the certain kind of song being sang or or a certain preacher being there. It's happening because it's part of a recognition of our identity." that we have the Spirit of Christ in us and just like Jesus would walk the earth and begin to heal people or answer situations or help people cast out devils whatever it was that Jesus did he passed that on to his disciples and when they received the holy spirit the same thing began to happen where they began to do incredible things the world began to be changed it became a better place because of their presence in the world that's really uh, the awakening that i think the lord's really wanting to do in his people right now is awaken us to a thing to an identity that says you don't have to be a preacher You don't have to be a pastor, you don't have to glow in the dark. God chooses ordinary people, but he calls them them his sons and his daughters, and that he gave them a power that anywhere you go, there's an ability to change the world and make it a better place. Mm -hmm. Now, it may not be that your shadow falls and somebody gets up out of a wheelchair at Walmart, but it may be that you you see somebody that can't pay for their groceries, and you go, you know what, I have the ability to answer this need, or I have an ability to make a difference here, or you see where they're, you know, we talked on the last program, A a catastrophe something somewhere and you say you know there's something in me that has the ability that I can go down and take some bleach and help clean somebody's house or I can I can have an answer here see that's the Holy Spirit working yeah and it's not it's not rocks and it's not turning rocks into bread trying to make a checklist of if I've done it right it's simply trusting the nature and the ability that God placed inside of you his power that's dwelling inside of you Mm -hmm. that you hear this voice see the voice of God is always speaking and he speaks to his sons and daughters now it says this is my son these are my daughters and who I am well pleased and that I've given them the kingdom I've given them the power to change the world and make a difference and make it a better place so that the kingdom is always expanding it's always growing so that it's like like the first thing that God says to, to Adam he says be fruitful multiply Subdue the earth, or, or uh, uh, subdue the earth, have it, dominion, and have dominion them. in it. Uh, that's what we are to do now. Is yeah. that as the Holy Spirit w- uh, awakens us to our identity, we begin to be a difference in the world. We multiply that. We subdue the earth. We have dominion over it, so that it doesn't look like hell. It looks like heaven. Yeah. If our you know we said this last week. If our paradigm is that it looks like hell, something needs to change. Where we yeah. wake up and say this needs to look like heaven, and I have the power to make yeah. it look that way.
1: And if it ain't happening in heaven, you know, then it ought not be happening in our world. Yeah. Because thy kingdom come, your will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. Yep. And I believe one of the, the great things that's happening here is that, you know, when Jesus comes back to restore that to us, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things he comes to restore is, again, we shared this in a prior program too, to turn the heart of the Father to the children, heart of the children to the Father. One of the things Jesus really introduces in his earth walks is. He is my God and your God, and most people get that. Mm-hmm. But that was, that, that's, they got that in the Old Covenant. Yep. But he's my father and your father. Yep. So he's more, he's more than just an austere old man sitting on a Victorian chair with a club ready to hit you up over the head. He is your father not just of preachers, and the glow-in-the-dark preachers, and this has been an emphasis in my spirit too, and I believe this is where the miraculous is locked up, is that God is not interested in raising up another, like I, I like to say, glow-in-the-dark preacher. Yep. That with faith. He's interested in getting the corporate body to function. Yep. One of the things that I shared during our recent uh, international conference that I host here every year is that many are weak and sickly among us because we don't discern the Lord's body. And yes, there's many levels of that again. First of all, you got to discern what Jesus did in his, you know, death, burial, and resurrection. That's discerning his body. But it's not an accident that after he lays that down and gets that settled, that you're qualified and accepted based on what's on the table. That that's what made you worthy. That he starts talking right about then, right after that, just the very next chapter, on, he starts saying, you know, we're body, we're the body of Christ, we're members in particular, and every joint is a joint of supply. And so when we begin to realize that we're joints of supply and that we are bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. In deserting the Lord's body, I believe it means the corporate body begins to function. There are many weak and sickly among us and many have fallen asleep. I, I got to the place where I've lost way too many friends and t- way too early a death. Not because God took them. God receives them. God doesn't take our loved ones in tragedies or sudden death early. He receives them, but he does not take them. I don't believe that's true. I believe that, you know, there's other factors that are involved. And, uh, but, but when I started seeing that, I'm, I'm thinking, what is the point, what's going on here? Yep. And the scripture says many are weak and sickly us, and many have fallen asleep because we don't discern the Lord's body. Our very life may depend on whether or not we begin to see the body function and hear from God just like you're talking about. Yep. It's not spooky, it's not weird, it's an inner voice. Yep. And you know, when you feel like God puts something on your heart, you can't get somebody off your mind, for instance. God will keep bringing them back to your mind. Don't ignore that. Yep. Get on the phone and call them or do whatever it is you're feeling in your heart you ought to do if it's prompting to help them pay a bill, if it's drop by and visit that lady, if it's call somebody and ask forgiveness, if it's I need to lay hands on someone and yeah. God is dealing with me, you may very well be. That gift that God uses to heal or whatever. Yep. When I preached that on the Friday night of our conference recently, and it was—it's very, you know, vulnerable to open it to just let the Spirit flow. People, don't, and it's going to get messy. Yep. But when I opened that, it didn't get messy. People begin to flow because they already had something in their heart, and they started ministering to one another. And there was one particular service that wasn't Friday; night, I think it was Thursday morning. That I, that I know of, at least one confirmed miracle of a guy who could just barely move, was in constant had to take injections constantly, and in his back in such horrible pain, got gloriously healed. And uh, man just was really, I mean, really got a real legitimate miracle. But it's because the body flows, and it has to flow when we realize, listen, we are worthy. It is part of our identity. It's part of our function as sons. If Jesus walked the earth and everywhere he went he was doing good, there's a whole company of sons in the earth now. Well, that, that miracle you're talking about,
0: there was a 14, I believe it was a 14-year-old boy that was was instrumental in that, and he wasn't even the one preaching. So yeah. when we talk about yeah. God uses ordinary people, this is what we're talking about, yeah. you know, that he'll use the young, old, from every walk of life. He's just wanting us to trust that the Holy Spirit can do his job through That's us. That's exactly
1: right. Well we're just about to run out of time here for a minute, but see God wants to use you He wants to, not just pastors and preachers, and let me just encourage pastors, listen, let the body of Christ flow and function. You may have to instruct, you may have to adjust, but I believe we need to move forward with this, uh, and we'll see the miraculous. Jesus came out in the power of the Spirit. We're just about to run out of time, but we do need your help uh, to be able to take the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of grace around the world. If you can help us do that, we deeply, deeply are grateful uh you can go to our website and give via credit card you can call that number on the screen you can write a check and send it to the address that will come up on the screen and uh, it will help us to take the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of grace around the world without you it's impossible we believe that god is able to lay it on your heart to be obedient as sons if you're hearing that prompting like we talked about do it today god bless you the word repentance means to change your
0: mind the message of John the Baptist and of Jesus was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessed by a change in our thinking. If you are in outer darkness, there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That reality is not always out in the distant future. It is in people's lives right now. One simple mind shift can move you out of darkness and weeping and into light and rejoicing. God wants to wipe all tears from our eyes and replace our weeping with joy.